I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. All right, this is a special edition of Drink of Ages radio show. I'm John Denman, Houston Painter, DJ Muskrush, and very special show. We have Badass Beer Fest coming up called the Denver Rare Beer Tasty. And our guest this week is Rick Like, the founder of Pints for Prostates, who this whole beer fest is actually raising money for. So, Rick, welcome to the show. John, how are you doing? And yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, yeah, I feel like I couldn't do the show without a beer, so I cracked open a Pilsner. So <laughs> not very rare, but you know, pretty tasty. <laughs> pretty tasty. I did bring one though that uh, so it's like, oh man, something that that would work well up there, and it's a barley wine aged in rum barrels. So yeah, you left you you left it outside the sound booth, John. I'm holding it with, with me. It looks pretty I, tasty. I can see you, man. I can see you. I can sneak out. <laughs> so we'll we'll crack that open also for you, John. so denver rare beer fest uh like i said it's happening october 7th it's really really excellent that you guys are going to be back yeah we're we're really excited about being back i mean uh, you know covid disrupted so many things and and you know so it's this is this is our first live denver rare beer tasting in 36 months you know when you go back it was 2019 uh, September that we had the last one um, in person. We did a uh, we did a remote version of the event in 2020, which actually um, was pretty cool. But it wasn't the same as being, you know, in at the McNichols Building in in Denver with with these beer fans from all over the country and actually all over the world who who show up to uh, uh, to enjoy these incredible beers. The I remember what the first one. I was trying to remember the first one that I went to. It was five or six, somewhere in that. And it, it's, it starts relatively early in the day, and it really turns into one excellent Friday. <laughs> a lot of the beers, a lot of the beers are not low ABV beers. Are there any? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. We actually, you know, every year we do have a few that are, um, you know, that are are lower ABV. We actually have a couple this year that are under five percent. Um, but but you're right. We have some we have some heavyweights in the room. I mean, uh, um, you know, you have uh, 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 Sam Adams Utopias there that's that weighs in at twenty eight percent ABV. Um, and we've got, you know, there's a fair amount of uh, imperial stouts. Um, we have a a good number of barley wines this year. Um, so you know, there it, it really is. Um, we call it the Denver Rare Beer Tasting for a reason. Um, it's meant the beer that's there is meant to be savored. Um, and uh, and you know, you're you're looking at you're looking at some you know some higher alcohol beers for sure. Um, and and the idea is uh, we're in that room with the men and women who made the beer, um, and it's a chance to enjoy the beers alongside them and ask questions and and compare them with with others of similar or different styles and and you know really get into the passion of craft beer. Well, full point 
thefullpint.com released the beer list for this year, and it's it's exciting. <laughs> it's it's definitely one that, uh, as you say, I mean, a, a honey barley wine, vanilla boysenberry reduction, Mephistopheles stout. You know, Avery always <laughs> makes some great beers. And just kind of going through this list, it is it's going to be another very exciting one. Platinum Blonde is also what they're bringing along with the Utopias. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be rebranded as the Denver Dent in your day because, uh, I mean, geez, I, I, I have great memories of like uh, fond feelings of the, of, the, of the last one, but my memory is also very hazy of the last one. Like once I left that, that beer hall, I don't know what happened. I ended up back at the Airbnb, thank God. <laughs> but I think I made some friends. Maybe I made some enemies. I don't, you know, <laughs> the, uh, there, there are so many beers had and then uh you know you're walking around and then like oh there's larry bell oh there's garrett oliver oh <laughs> like it's the who's who like and they're all there for a great cause many floors i mean it's pretty outstanding yeah the beers you're mentioning i mean the great thing is like that avery beer that you mentioned um it's not just any of the Mesopotamies. it's it's a 2010 vintage so it's a 12 year old version of that beer. Um, we have a 10-year-old vintage of uh, uh, Bigfoot Barley Wine that, that Sierra Nevada is bringing. Um, a number of the beers, when you look down this list, we put a program out every year, and there's details on each of these beers, and there's a surprising number of them that are the last keg in existence or, you know, or something that was made especially for us. The brewers really go out of their way um, to embrace that idea that it's rare beer. Um, you're never going to be able to put this beer list back together again. Um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing, if you happen to be from, uh, you know, from uh, uh, that hometown where that brewery comes from, maybe you were able to go to the special release party for that one beer. Um, but, you know, you would have had to have traveled thousands of miles and, and run up um, some good hotel bills to chase all these beers around. They're going to be at one place, and and it's um, you know it's a it's a fundraiser for Pints for Prostate, so the um, so the ticket money goes to a good cause, and we we use the money for our awareness mission, and also provide free um, health screenings for men at events around the country. Yeah, that's uh, whenever I first found out about you guys, Pints for Prostate, it's it's something that it's a cause that. Yeah, I thought it was actually pretty cool because, you know, I mean, you know how it kind of goes. Guys don't really want to talk about prostates and, you know, what, what needs to happen to get screened and all this other stuff. But you guys, you know, a conversation that needs to have happen, and it's something that people absolutely should be doing. But the way you guys do it is at this festival. So you can you walk out and you give a little bit of blood, and they send you the results kind of like the – check your numbers and you can probably go in more detail about it that, you know, it's like, Hey, you might need to go see a doctor. Yeah. You know, our idea from the start, I'm a, I'm a prostate cancer survivor. I had surgery back in 2008 and thankfully um, I'm one of the over 3 million American men right now who are walking around who benefited from early detection and, and beat this cancer. It's what, what guys don't realize is that prostate cancer is 33% more common in men than breast cancer is in women. 
yet you hardly ever hear about anybody really talking about prostate cancer. And so what we decided to do is to is to use the universal language of beer to reach guys and and you know basically say hey it's it's something that we should all be concerned about and the great thing is if if you you know if you pay attention and you get screened um, this is a this is a cancer that that you can survive and and you know live on and enjoy you know enjoy beer and and enjoy the rest of your life um, so we try. Um, you know, we we try to very much uh, uh, make this a a sort of friendly message. You know, it's not it's not a message. We're not trying to scare anybody. We're not preaching anybody. Um, but we're there to say, you know, hey, you know, get checked. And we and we provide that, as you mentioned, the blood screen right out outside the event. It's there before people go in. They can take advantage. Um, we also we screen for PSA, which is the prostate specific antigen. That's a marker. Um, for the potential for prostate cancer, but we also do um, uh, uh, cholesterol for heart disease, the test checks for glucose for diabetes, and uh, testosterone, which is a marker for some other male health issues. So it's completely um, uh, a um, confidential screening. The, the information goes directly to you. It's explained to you in the letter you'll get after the uh, after the uh, blood test, it gets it'll get to anybody who does it about a week to ten days after the festival, and um, it'll explain it to you. And if you need, if numbers are high in an area and you need to see a doctor, you can take that test right in and and show it to them. Yeah, it's a it's definitely different than pretty much any other way that, that you know these cancers and the way they raise money for them. And uh, you know, there's a lot of walks. There's a lot of a lot of different things that happen, um, but you know, screening at a beer festival—that's that is is such a very unique and badass idea. Because you know, I mean, that's that's where you're going to find the guys that that actually should be getting tested. Well, I got to tell you, John, one of the interesting things is we um, we've we've screened thousands of guys over the years at this at this event and other events, and I'll. You know, I'll work the line a little bit as people are waiting to go in and, and, you know, point over at the tent and say, hey, there's no line over there. It, it literally takes five to ten minutes, usually around five minutes to, from start to finish of the test. And, um, you know, most of the guys I talk to, um, a lot of them are, well, I haven't been to a doctor in three years or I haven't been to a doctor in five years. Um, and those those are the guys we really try to reach because um, – the thing about prostate cancer is that um, we need to take charge of our health, and it's a it's a it's a cancer that, as I said earlier, early detection is the key to to beating this cancer. Um, by the time you start to have symptoms with prostate cancer, it's in the advanced stages, and um, you know your treatment options are much different at that point. Yeah. So, Tom was talking about earlier. Tom, you you had your battle with prostate cancer. Uh, yeah, uh, 2010, I had stage one, uh, it wasn't fun, but yeah, I, I was definitely one of those guys who only went to, uh, the doctor when, you know, when I actually got like deathly sick. Uh, luckily at the time, you know, uh, a good woman will push you to, to go to the doctor before, you know, you, you think you need it, but you know, as it turns out, there you go. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I've, you know, anytime there's, uh, 
like plants for prostates kind of like pops up in conversation. It's one that you can easily get passionate about because it's two things that that I'm really kind of involved in is raising awareness for this type of stuff and also raising awareness for good beer. So it kind of works hand in hand. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. (laughs) You know, that that's the thing about this is that we have, we have folks like you who've been through this journey before. We actually have brewers in the room who've, been treated for prostate cancer, and they, um, you know, they will um, they'll talk to guys about getting screened, and it's it really needs to be a, a message, you know, men to men about taking care of their health. But but we can do it over some really amazing beer. We can have the conversation, mm-hmm. and and also, you know, compare testing notes on some of these incredible beers that are going to be there. Yeah, I'm just looking <clears throat> old Hickory Brewery. Pouring Omega Point 25th Anniversary Beer Ozark, which makes some really great beer up there in Arkansas. The Merrill Haggard. Uh, God, man, there's so many. Prison City Brewery, Radiant Beer, the Referend Beer Blendery. I've actually never heard of them, but they're bringing Tender Buttons, a 2020 beer. Yeah, some of these some of these folks, you know, it's, it's interesting. We do a survey at the end of each festival um, and, and ask our, we have really knowledgeable beer fans in the room. And so we, we asked them, you know, what, what breweries impressed you this year? What were your favorite beers? And do you have any suggestions on breweries we might want to bring, bring in in the future? And so some of these, um, uh, you know, you look down through this list, a number of the breweries are on this list were, were recommended to us by, uh, by folks and we, you know, we look into them and we talk to them and, and, uh, they bring some pretty incredible beer. Um, you know, and it's not, it's not just the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the high test beers that are interesting experiences. We, you know, we have breweries that bring beer styles that are, that are kind of rare or, you know, experimental things that they're doing. They may be, you know, maybe trying some, you know, some, some barrel age Saison type things, or, um, you know, there's a one brewery that's, uh, uh, that's bringing a, um, uh, bringing a style of beer that, um, that's very rare in Germany, a dance beer that, that is kind of the precursor to steam beer, um, California common mm. um, that, you know, that's pretty rare in Germany and, and they, uh, they've um, make the style here in the U.S. and and um, you know we're going to bring that beer to the event. That's um, the brewery's Cosmic Eye out of Lincoln, Nebraska. So it's a brewery that a lot of people haven't heard of. That they probably, unless they travel through Lincoln, haven't been to. And here's a really classic, hard to find German beer style that they're making in the U.S. Oh yeah, man, yeah. I'm- Tom, I don't know if you have the list up, but I mean, it does, uh, you know, there's, there's those, and there's also a blueberry maple pancake barrel aged Imperial Porter. Well, <laughs> I'm actually, so I'm taking seven people from uh, my brewery up there, and then I surprised them all last week with, uh, with tickets to, uh, to, to the rare craft beer tasting. And then I also, we, and, and our sales manager, he just started reading the list. He's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, yeah, yeah. Let's just all be friends when this is all over. <laughs> 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 the, uh, 
But like when, it, but I was also kind of like, it's more than just the beer, though. It's like the industry really comes out to support you guys. Like, there's always it's the who's who of kind of beer nerd celebrities are there. Is that something that is required uh, by you guys for for some people, or do they just volunteer, or do you ask for it? How does like how do all those beer owners and brewers end up kind of being in front of those tables? Well, you know, it's interesting. When we first started out, we we told folks that we wanted to be a different type of event. We really wanted to celebrate um, the passion of craft beer. And, you know, I've been around this industry now for going back, gosh, you know, going on 40 years now. And one of the things that was always exciting at early beer festivals is that you always got to meet the brewers and, and some of the brewery owners were there and things, but, you know, as the industry has gotten larger and festivals, uh, you know, have been put up all around the country and gosh, those people couldn't go to every single festival that their beer is poured at it. You know, they, they, they need to clone themselves and, you know, and, and work 24 seven. Um, so, you know, in our case, we, we do have a rule that says that, um, each brewery has to be represented by a brewer or a key executive. And uh, the, the idea is for that interaction that, that gets created. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is um, now it's become such a tradition for some of these folks. Um, even if we didn't have the, the, the rule, and I'm making air quotes around the word rule, if we didn't have it, they would be showing up anyways because it's kind of become a a place for them to, to gather together and, and, uh, you know, see each other at during the ABF, which is always a sort of a busy, confusing time. And I mean, one of my favorite things uh, during Denver Air beer tasting is seeing like Jim Cook walking around with Tommy Arthur from Jim Cook from, from Sam Adams walking around with Tommy Arthur from the Lost Abbey and, and, you know, throw in a couple of Adam Avery from Avery Brewing couple of the other folks, Chad Henderson from Noda Brewing, walking around together and sampling other people's beers and chatting about them. Um, it's nice to be on a, a fly on the wall while those conversations are going on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it truly is. Like when you're there, you, said, you see, like Tom said, they're beer celebrities. And so you, you see people as they walk by, like, oh, look, look, you know, it's, it's that person or it's this person. Well, it, one of the neat things, too, is that these guys are really – they're generous, not only with their beer, but with their time. I mean, I see them signing people's, you know, programs, giving them autographs. I see, you know, there's a lot of photos every year after the event um, of people who've met their, their craft beer heroes and, you know, we'll get a, we'll get a photo taken with them. And um, plus these guys, a lot of the breweries donate uh, to the silent auction we run during the event, um, which this year we're going to have a large portion of it is actually going to be online. Um, we, we experimented with that during the, uh, during the remote festival and that worked out really well. So we're going to move, um, a bunch of the auction items online and make it easier for people to bid on them, um, during the event and stuff and not have to, not have to go through the tables to bid on, bid on auction items. Yeah, it definitely opens it up to a lot more bids and only raises more money. Yeah. Hopefully that will be an end result because, you know, end of the day. Uh, you know, we'll put this money to work uh, to help guys, and that's that's what this event is all about. Uh, I know that after after we met 
the first year that I went, that's when, no, I had it. Man, this is what, the eighth year of the golf tournament? So I had it at Denver River Festival 5. Must have been the first one. And and after we I went to the festival and I met you, we did we recorded a show together at the festival. If you remember, it was very, it was we thought you finally had like five minutes and we went to a room in the back and sat down. And other brewers were just coming back there to hang out and we just kind of just knocked a show out. But that's that's what when I wanted to put on a golf tournament just to get you know kind of what you're saying to have get my friends together drinking beer having a fun time. And it just fell into place that Pines for Prostates is a great organization that we can put on something down here in Houston, put on a badass golf tournament, which is basically a beer fest on a golf course, and have it raise money for for Pines for Prostates. Yeah, and we really appreciate um, everything that John and and that you've done and the other volunteers um, with that event in Houston. We uh, it's it's one of the things that. Uh, that's that's been really cool about about pints for prostates we um i mean i do this as a volunteer i have a normal job and stuff and and the only way for this thing to to thrive and and do what it's been able to do is is people like you that have raised your hand and said yeah i'd like to do this and you know or i'd like to put this festival on or i've i you know i i own this beer bar i've got a buddy who who runs a beer bar we can put an event on and that's that's how we've reached so many men. You know, that's, that's why we've been able to do what, you know, what we've done so far. And, and it's just, it's been fantastic to see. We've helped a lot of guys. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, prostate cancer is one of those things that, um, that's, that's out there that's, uh, you know, the numbers are something like one in eight and one in nine men will, will develop it during their, um, during their lifetimes. And, and so it's important to be vigilant on it. Um, you know, one of the scary things is that during COVID, the the number of folks who are getting any kind of um, preventative care, um, including like diagnostic tests, really, really went down. Um, and we know from other experience when the rate of screening for prostate cancer goes down, about four or five years later, you see um, the death rate from prostate cancer pop up because guys just aren't getting that advantage of early detection. So um, we're back trying to do screening in as many places as we can uh, for that very reason to hopefully help guys um, get the same advantage that I that I had, which was um, finding out that I had prostate cancer early enough so that it could be treated. With much easier treatment. With much easier treatment, exactly. That's the other thing. I always, when I'm talking to guys about this, I kind of um, relate it to, you know, to a car. You know, you can you can uh, get the maintenance done as you're going along, and the vehicle stays healthy on the road, or you can wait till it breaks down at the side of the road. It's your choice. Uh, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I know like some of my friends. As you know, I'm at the age now where I probably should have already had a colonoscopy and. It's like, all right, I, I don't mind. I need to schedule one. I just don't bad about scheduling these things. But I have other friends like, nah, man, I'm not going to do that. Like, why not? Yeah, I mean, it's just something. If it, if it'll make, if it detects something that can be, you know, give you a life where if it goes undetected, it's going to shorten your life drastically. Then, then what is the problem? But uh, for most, some reason, hey, most people don't even get like a yearly physical, and, and it's like it's an hour of your time, and 
just keeps you aware of everything that's really going on in your life. So, I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's I imagine like the hardest part, like for you guys is just kind of, um, like, like before I had prostate cancer, like I was, just, I, I was one of those guys that would hardly ever get to the doctor, but like just getting people to make that choice. Right. You can only, you can only do so much. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and, and again, as I, you know, set up front, our, our approach is really the soft sell on this, you know, and, and to, it's awareness and, you know, over time, when we go back to festivals, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, some, some of the same people will come up to me and I've had guys say to me, you know, I, I saw you guys here a couple of times and you finally convinced me I went and got screened a couple of weeks ago, you know, and they, and they may have seen us at the same festival three or four years before, you know, before they realized, yeah, that's me they're talking to. And, you know, and it's something like the Denver or beer tasting where we have, uh, you know, we've got the, the screening right there on site. Um, there's a little bit of peer pressure that kicks in. You, you mentioned um, women before being somebody who maybe can encourage the, the man in their life, whether that's a husband or, or a partner or a brother, father, whatever it is to go get tested. Yeah, I know that every year I look over there and I've done it a couple times. And I look over, and there's there's usually a line of people. And I think the the idea that you can kind of get in faster might that, that's a good push. Yeah, sure. It's my only my only worry is that people would be dehydrated and it would take a while to find those veins. Before they go into the festival, yeah, the part of it. That's why we're out there early and. And, you know, when, when people get inside, we do have some folks that go out, you know, after after an hour or so to, to go out there. But most of our screening happens beforehand. And, uh, you know, because because it is a, the other part of this is it's a fun day. You know, people come to enjoy themselves. Um, we've got, you know, we, we, we've got people who've met friends there, um, developed, you know, friendships over the years. We have, heck, we have brewers who um, have shared a table uh, pouring their beer, who've ultimately gone on and made collaboration beers afterwards. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that um, bonding that goes on during an event like this. I'm looking at the beer list again. Brews beers. That's actually out of Denver. A drenched peach and currant serenite barrique. I'm not 100 percent sure what that is, but I want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some really interesting. Um, you know, barrel aging going on uh, with some of these folks and different techniques that they're using. There's there's several examples of um, there's some really interesting um, imperial stouts on the list where people have done some uh, you know, like German chocolate cake with uh, with pecans and and uh, you know kinds of finishes with things. Uh, we've got we've got people experimenting with. Um, you know, with different variations of uh, uh, of barrel finishes, where you know it's gone into several different whiskey barrels along the way. Um, lots of vanilla uh, type treatments this year. It's kind of funny. Uh, every year um, we seem to have little mini trends within the within things. So so vanilla, barley wines, uh, some of these German chocolate cake things seem to be kind of the the wave this year. Well, I think it's time to probably crack open that barley wine from Spindletat in Grain Series number three, I think, is what it is. 
just a 14% barley wine, aged in rum barrels. I mean, it's, it's a it's a solid, delicious beer. I don't I'm know what's going on in that sound booth, John. We're making bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, looking here, St. Arnold's, you know, is one of our local breweries here in Houston, and they've always they've been part of this off and on for as long as I can remember. And I mean, the 2021 Pumpkinator aged in bourbon barrels, phenomenal beer. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, some of these, you know, and and that's the thing too. There are beers on here you might look at first pass and go, oh, you know, St. Arnold Pumpkinator, that's a pretty good beer. But you know, they've they've upped the game with it. It's a it's a it's a vintage from 2021, and it's been aged in bourbon barrels. You know, we've got we've got some beers on the list that, um, you know, that that kind of in my mind achieves sort of white whale um, status. You know, if you look at um, you know, good example of that is the uh, is the Lost Heavy Yellow Bus that's on here. This is only the second time they've ever brewed that beer, um, and you know, and that's one that people line up for when you know whenever Lost Abbey has released that beer, um, that that's that's one that people go out of their way to go get. And there's a number of these down through, um, you know, down through the the list here. Even even the um, you know, we mentioned Utopias at the top of the show, um, and this is a, this is a 2019 Utopias that um, the folks at Boston Beer have done a, um, a special finish on it um, so that it, it mimics um, an old-fashioned cocktail. So, um, so there's some different barrel finishing with that. So, even for people out there who've been lucky enough to have Utopias at some point, this is a variation on Utopias that you won't find. Um, and probably anywhere else, um, uh, you know, if you're in, and you want to get get in there and try that. Yeah, it's you know you go there looking at the list and the, the book that that you guys hand out the little uh, well, it's a book that you guys hand out whenever you get there that kind of explains all the beers when you're flipping through it. You know, you you, you kind of like okay, let's hit these first, but you want to try all of them. And man, like Tom said, it makes for a, a very quick Friday afternoon. I think uh, after last it was 2019, I took a really great picture in front of a bunch of cops because they were posing for a picture for some reason at City Hall, and I thought it'd be fun to sit down in front of them. And they they took a picture with me, but probably not the best decision to make after leaving something like this. Go talk to a bunch of cops. Well, you know, we we have um, we have a lot of people there who enjoy you know enjoy the event and. You know, we stress we stress safety. Um, obviously, you know the Denver Denver at that time of year. You know, there's it's a great public transit city and things. So you know, you can get around. Most most of our guests, um, a large share of our guests, are not from Denver, so they're there. You know, staying in the nearby hotels downtown and stuff. So you know, so that always um, um, that always works effectively from you know from that standpoint. Yeah, how many? So, so has it always been four hours? Because was it last time it was less, or? Was it... um, well, you know, so so we we started the event in '09, and it was it was at the um, the Wincoop Brewery, and for the first four years, and when we moved over to uh, the over to the McNichols Building, again, I mentioned that survey that we do from uh, you know of our guests, and people pushed to have a um, to have a uh, uh, a VIP hour, 
And so we actually it used to be a three-hour event. We added the VIP hour, the fourth hour to it, and we ran it with a VIP up until um, 2019. And we had the surveys told us, hey, get rid of the VIP hour. Just do it as a four-hour festival. And so we did that, and it went really well. So that's what we're continuing um, this year. It's going to be another single session, no VIP. We cut back on the number of tickets that we sold. In 2019, we used to sell um, 850 tickets. We cut that number down to 650 in 2019. We wanted to go back to um, a, a more relaxed kind of atmosphere, and we opened up a third floor within McNichols so people could spread out a bit and and you know enjoy the event a little bit more. Um, and so this year, um, our maximum tickets we're only selling 600 tickets this year. Um, so there will even be a little bit more space for people to enjoy uh, the event. And, you know, it's a real special afternoon at that point. Um, so, you know, I think it's um, it's definitely one of those events that um, people always tell us afterwards that um, if it was their first one, they wish they had done it before. Um, and we get people who have come back six, seven, eight years We've got a few people that have been there every single year for us, which is pretty incredible. All right, so I'm getting a plan together. I'm going to get some. I'm going to get some lunch. I'm going to eat in line an hour before. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll have a meal inside too. That's the other thing. We have a sit-down meal that we always serve. Oh. People go oh, through the buffet. Right. They get their food. You can, um, you know, you can grab a beer, um, get your plate of food, sit down and and enjoy it and. You know, so again, it's meant to be a um, it's meant to be an enjoyable tasting, um, if you will, and not. Uh, uh, we don't expect uh, we've got 60 breweries there. Some breweries are pouring. Most breweries are pouring one beer. We've got a number that are pouring two or more. Um, there's really not. Um, I can't conceive of anybody having every beer that's being poured there. It's not. It's kind of not designed to be that way. Um, no, but, you, know, <laughs> you know you can you can get around and have some food, have some beer, have some great conversations, uh, bid on some bucket list items, and and have a really great day. Yeah, I mean, from my experience, is like there's always a few beers that I definitely want to go try, wait in line for, but there's also a lot of breweries that there's only a few people in some of the lines, but you still need to go try the beer because it's, it's I've, I mean, every beer that I've had there has been just just a phenomenal, phenomenally made beer. This is great. This is great. This is also great. That's also good, yeah. What's your favorite? I get that asked a lot. What's the favorite beer that you, you tried? I mean, ugh, all of them. Uh, the, the one from the barrel? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's the one thing, too. Lines are interesting, you know. It's, it's Every year, there'll be one or two breweries where people, for whatever reason, will get in that line. And it's you know, it's whatever brewery might be hot out there right now or the beer they're bringing is just like, you know, people have never had it or or it's that kind of whale that I described, right? So so a line will form there. But I, I always say to people that at, at Denver Air Beer Tasting, you really don't have to stand in lines to find great beer because it's all around you. Um, and, you know, if that beer, if that's a beer you act, absolutely have to have, and you want to stand in that line that might take you 15 minutes to get to the front, then go ahead. But otherwise, 
the table right next to him probably has some pretty darn good beer. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, just sometimes you just look over and you're you just finished out when you look over and they're like, you want to try this? You're like, yes, I do. <laughs> and and as, there was there was a uh, 2019 2019. I remember there was a lot of sours. Yes, and we and we have some we have some some pretty darn good sounding sours coming back this year too. And again, like I said, um, we we try to group the beers together um, so that your palate doesn't get wrecked too much. You know, going from a barley wine to a sour to an imperial porter. You know, we try to group them together as much as possible um, so that you can kind of get a theme going. And if you you know if you like fruited sours. There's, you know, there's a several of them together, so you can kind of compare and contrast. That's pretty excellent. Yeah, it's October 7th, Denver Rare Beer Tasting. Tickets are on sale. Uh, it is going to definitely sell out because it's, it's it's such a big, and, and like I said, it's absolutely my favorite. Um, just, you know, there, there's some great beer fests out there where you get to go sample a lot. And you have so many breweries there, but this one's such a condensed small number of breweries still plenty way more than you can try but the beer the quality of what they're what's what you get to what you get to try is worth every bit of it even the flight to denver well hey you know you mentioned flights too john there's one thing to note um we're you know we're three weeks out from jbf right now um and and this event um the one thing to keep in mind is that usually at this point it's very difficult to get a hotel room or a flight into Denver. Um, but I just, I just looked the other day cause I had a friend who wanted to go. Um, and there's still hotel rooms and space on flights available to Denver right now. Um, so if, if, if GABF and the Denver Rare Beer Station has been on your bucket list, this might be the year to do it because, um, because it's, you know, it's still possible even this close in. Yeah. And what is the website? Uh, Pintsforprostates.org. You can go there. We're also on Facebook. Um, and you'll find the links there where you can go look at the beer list and uh, and uh, check out the tickets. Yeah, so that's October 7th. Then November 1st is a Houston Open Brew Am and Keg Classic, which also benefits Pints for Prostates. There's only a few foursomes left. This tournament sells out every single year. One day I'm going to put a real committee together and we're going to make this a legit <laughs> golf tournament, but we have a really fun time out there. And there's, there's a lot of breweries, a brewery on every hole. We shoot guns, golf balls, we throw axes. Um, a lot of fun things happen out there, but HoustonBrewRam.com if you want to get in on that action, because like I said, there's only a few foursomes left and that's November 1st over at Wildcat. And it's an election year, which means uh, it's going to, it's, going to be a fun one <laughs> <laughs> yep always always well rick man I, i'm looking forward to hanging out with you uh, once we head up there in october but um congrats on getting this back up and running again i know you're excited about it because the virtual stuff i mean it was cool and I had, I had fun times with virtual things but just being being around people and being able to talk to them and being able to, to actually just have that face-to-face discussion is so much more important yeah, and and really appreciate everybody coming out and the support, John, and you, your crew has given us over the years. This is it's going to be special to be back together again. So we're looking forward to it. All right, well that's it. Denver Rare Beer Tasting. It's a festival you do not want to miss. So check it out. Get tickets, Tom. I know you're, you'll be up there. 
uh, you're bringing the whole no label crew. I, that's that's it's gonna it's a dangerous but bunch of people, man. I you know I just I just hope they still work for us when we're all said and done. <laughs> yeah, you know you know after after you get so so uh, a little extra lubricated sometimes employees get a little vocal. It's, it's going to be the ultimate. We're talking about surveys during this thing. It's going to be the ultimate sort of like f- feedback survey night. <laughs> I, I got to tell you something. If if my boss bought me a ticket to this event, I don't think I'd be complaining too much. I think I'd have a pretty good boss. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you never know. That goes one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, 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 everyone's super excited. You know, we went to GABF last year, but it was like. It was kind of the half-assed GABF, right? It was, it was really just the kind of um, it was like the CBC GABF combination, uh, the award show and just uh, conference. Uh, so it's just everyone's super static to see everyone else again because it's been you know so long. So just all the people all together, it's it's going to be something. I think it's going to be a, a real great GABF, and I think it's going to be a real great uh, beer tasting event too. All right, gentlemen. Great talking to you. We'll see you in Denver. Yep. All right, Rick. Appreciate your time, buddy. And yeah, we'll see you at Denver. And want to thank everybody for tuning in to this little special, special edition of Drink of Ages Radio Show. Uh, first time we did like some phone calls like like this, and it's been fun. It's worked out well. And we'll talk to everybody next week.